Triple M's Dead Set Legends, brought to you by the Chemist Warehouse Half Price Sale on now. Get big brand vitamins and cosmetics for half price. Teaser C Supply. Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Grand finals are known for special performances. Here comes Dusty. He's shaping up for a fourth. Sewell's there. He leaves it for Buddy. Oh! Oh! Around the body goes Chewy Joe. In the biggest week in footy, we've brought in these three dead set legends to get you ready for the grand final. That's pretty normal for us. Joey Montagna, Jay Z Clark, and Kath Lockman. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Edition. Yes, good morning, everyone. Joey, Jay Z, Joey, you've spilt some sort of orange juice or something on your jumping. You're not looking too flashed this morning, but it's good to see you both. Good morning, Kath. Uh, morning, Jay Z. Yes, I. What took, have you done there? Well, I took Leroy's advice yesterday morning because it took us a while to get a coffee, so I went through the McDonald's drive-through. Yeah. Couldn't help myself. I was just going to get a coffee, but a little hash brown and bacon and <laughs> nothing. So you get the orange juice with it, and the orange juice is spilt in the car and it's spilt all on my jumper. So not a great start, but. Hey, nice to be here again. Would Feeling you have good. a little hash brown and bacon egg roll? Oh, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> hash browns are amazing. They are very, oh, very good, good oh, especially at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> I went down a treat. How are you, Jay Z? Did you have a little? Did you get a little nana nap in oh, yesterday afternoon? Not only did I have a day sleep, I was also asleep at eight pm last night. Of course, I had the brownie the night before, then came in here off not much sleep, mm-hmm. but uh, nice little nana nap in the daytime, and then I was out like a light at eight pm. So. Feeling well rested and refreshed, and can't wait yeah. to be chatting throughout the morning with you guys. It was my young bloke's uh, birthday yesterday, I must admit. So I want to say big happy birthday to my nine year old son. Fletcher got a, a new skateboard, and last night we had his best friend over for a sleepover. Cute. And I had plenty of birthday cake, and I tell you, the, the sugar rush, gee whiz, <laughs> can't that really take things to another level? So, what cake are we talking? Um, it was a space station. My wife right. did a space station cake. Do you know what cake I think is severely underrated? Just the Freddo ice cream cake you can get at Coles. Anyone with me on that? Yeah. I think I've had one. No, I can't say I'm <laughs> okay. that one. Uh... You're looking at the uh, highlights from the Queen's funeral. You obviously didn't watch a second of it, Jay-Z. No, I'm catching up uh, on the uh, morning TV shows as we speak. And I just, Thoughts? Um, oh, gee, I like the the tradition and the, and the ceremony and the respect shown. I mean, she was obviously such a great sort of symbol. She, the Queen, was such a great symbol of hope and comfort and positivity and love and tradition. And I think, you know, you can see all that um, in the ceremony. I do see an envelope on the coffin. Do you know what's on the... Yes, that was from King Charles, just what did that in say loving we... devotion or, or something along those lines. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nice little touch, wasn't it? What did you I, I liked how you just asked me before, were there any speeches? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the 21st party, Tracy. When speeches like... Um, you selling sat- the dirt on the Queen. Okay. So, so tell us, you're, you're, you were the one. You were very excited for it. Should, again, we shouldn't say excited, but you were keen to watch it. Well, what? Yes. How'd you go? Where, what time did it start? Did you get your little snacks? I loved what did it. You, what did you? What did yeah, you think? Yeah, no, I didn't have any snacks. But I, I, there were what thirteen channels on on Foxtel last night showing this funeral, and wow. then you obviously had all the main channels in nine, seven, yeah. ten showing it as well. Um, I watched the UK. BBC coverage. Just the one you didn't flick. You just stayed. No, on I just nine? stayed. Oh, I flicked a bit with Channel Nine, but. You know, the UK, they know everyone at the funeral. They can provide the best commentary. And it was the pageantry and the traditions that just struck me. It was so beautiful and well done and respectful. And to see all those world leaders descend, I mean, even you've got the US president there and his wife 
Um, but I did, I did just love all the the children and uh, grandchildren walking behind the coffin and just showing that great respect because you you forget that was their mother, that was their grandmother. Yeah. So and it was beautifully done. And there would have been tears. Was it, did you see the emotion? Oh, they did. So there was one article that King Charles teared up at one point, but you know the rules. They don't show too much emotion, do they? But you know, it was interesting. So the Queen ticked off on everything. Yep. What do you Would mean? You, like, she knew everything involved. Who was there? Who, would who be was there? there? What was going to happen? It's been planned for years, hadn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Would you want to know your funeral plans? No. 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 no would no, you want to no. know who attends no. your funeral? No. 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 If they want Would to you? come, they can come. Yeah. <laughs> no. Party's over uh, by that point. Did it drag on? Did it? Because I got home, I'd worked, and I got home at 10.40, and I thought I'll just flick to see if there was sort of any talk. It was still going. Yeah, so no, I, I was in bed by 10. So <laughs> did it drag Did it, Did it? it drag on? Did it get a little bit boring for you to watch it? For the I thought the rounds? ceremony got a little bit boring. I preferred the, the pre and post. Yep. Kind of traditions and the bagpipes and and those. Because I heard things. it was half an hour behind when I flicked on at ten forty. They said they were half wow. an hour behind the scheduled. Because it was very structured, as we know, it was it very was. very. You think about the secu- security was... needed for this funeral, though, with all those world leaders oh, yeah. in the one place, yeah. the one time. And the corgis made an appearance. I saw that too. They did. They did. No, so a fitting send off for a queen. So just back to the speeches for a second. Was there any sort of, you know, like, oh, you know, she was great and that one day when we went to the West Indies and had that, you know, was there anything, anything You're sort just of like fishing that? for some dirt and no, well, there was no dirt on the queen what, at her funeral. Nothing. No, it was all very formal. What the were they Prime saying? Minister speaking right. and just her, her dedication to service. And yeah. Anything no, funny? No surprises. So a little chuckle or a little giggle? No, there was no chuckle or giggle in not, not one was that oh. happy. Sorry, more, guys. Is there any more coverage still to come? Next, you just want you just want some controversial, it, don't you? <laughs> Something controversial to discuss this morning. Is there any no, more was, coverage? Or is that going to be it now? Is it officially done, or is there still another day or been, two? It's been ten days. Yeah, I, know, I think that's it's why done. I'm asking. I yeah. think it's done. Yeah. I think the rules need a break. How yeah. long did it go for? How long did you watch it for? Oh, went for uh, probably six hours or so. Yeah, mm, okay. and no, I did not watch. You guys are making it sound like I watched every single second. <laughs> and then were the pubs sort of packed afterwards? Like, there was there, does, does, the, does the, you have the, the wake sort of in the streets <laughs> of London sort question. of thing? Well, you'd have to, like, after the. You're go, really pushing for this party or oh, their speeches. <laughs> Should you go to the pub after? Well, after it's the Queen's funeral. Tell me if I'm wrong here. You go to a funeral and then you go to the wake afterwards, you get together, you eat a few sandwiches, and you talk about oh, all I those. I think that's great- a fair question, Jay Z. I wonder where they would have gone. Yes. Maybe there was some sort of wake at Buckingham Palace. But I'm Surely. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Gents, let's talk about Buddy Franklin's announcement last night. A, I'm, I'm very interested to get your thoughts on all these things, Jay-Z. The timing was a little bit strange, given it was in the middle of the Queen's funeral, so I'm not sure whether that was strategic or not. The statement was quite dramatic, had a bit of Michael Jordan, I'm back vibes. It just had one more. Yep. Remember? <laughs> nicely or a tune. <laughs> but you remember uh, Michael Jordan's, that was I'm back which he actually sent via fax. So times have changed. Yes. That was like 25 years ago or so. <laughs> but very dramatic. I'm back when he was um, returning to the NBA. I actually interpreted one more as one more game. I thought he's retiring after the grand final. 
I did must, you interpret it as I, that? I did, Kath. I thought the same. Like, if you're going to say one more in the lead-up to the last game of the season, but I guess when you read through uh, the actual statement, it was in reference to next season. So, I mean, we're all waiting for this decision to come after the grand final, but maybe he just wanted to get it out of the way um, this week and sort of um, move on, really, with his grand final Because we all would have been speculating about it. Is it going to be Buddy Franklin's yeah. last game? And he would have been asked said anything. Yeah. Yeah, about it after the game. I just wonder, Joey, I wonder whether his performance at the weekend, uh, do you think it could have had anything to do no, with it? it's been done for weeks. Like, no, you don't, no, you don't decide. Because he was... When the statement comes out, normally it's all, you've already agreed to terms uh, maybe a couple of weeks earlier. You've just got to make sure you get the contracts in place and all those sorts of things, and then it's about timing. So certainly it wouldn't have been he decided after the weekend that he wanted to play. That's just when the statement got announced. But I agree with Kath. Do you think it was either trying to not take out the trash but subtly put it on when the Queen's funeral was on to just sort of make it sort of subtly slip through? Or was it actually trying to make a big statement with the, the, the you know, one more and a grant? It's sort of an interesting... I think what, what, what clubs do is when they release things late at night, it guarantees good coverage in the newspaper on the back, gotcha. on the, uh, on the back page Hence the, the back page, Herald, so. so if they would have announced it at, say, 12 o'clock or 2 o'clock yesterday, it becomes old news a little bit by right. today. We aren't talking mm. about it with as much oomph. So when you do things late at night, it guarantees a good vibe in the morning. The it's more about time, today. It's more about talking about it today. At the same time, you would have known that there was probably, probably a huge wrap of the Queen's funeral in today's papers. Still back page in the Herald yeah, Sun. That's it. Deal yeah, me in, true. boys. So he right. is, I mean, he is a, the genuine, the rock star yeah. of football. So I think it's a great. Will he be fighting for his spot, Joey? Is he guaranteed a spot in the Sydney side next year? Or do you think he'd be, you know, that battle's on. they got Logan McDonald, you know, Sam Reid, you know, not sure. Do you think yeah. he's guaranteed a spot? 100%. Some, some of the overreaction about Buddy's football this year has surprised me. I mean, he's kicked over 50 goals again this season. Mm. He's basically, you look at his numbers, and he was comparable with his numbers with Max King, Aaron Norton, um, some of the guys that were all lauding as the next superstars. And Buddy Franklin's numbers were going note for motor with those players. I mean, he's still a very important player. Yes, he's not the Buddy Franklin of five, six years, ten years ago that was, you know, the, the best player in the competition. But he's still mightily important. And his role on the weekend in the win against Collingwood with the two goals in the first half and some good. of his contests he provided, yeah. he, he was he was he had a presence. He all those things that you don't necessarily measure on a stat sheet. Buddy's got a huge role to play. He's got a huge role to play in this grand final. I like the announcement. I think it puts to bed all those talks about is he going to play on it. was probably always likely he was going to continue to play. But until he'd signed, there was always going to be that talk about, you know, could he retire? That's all done now. That's out the way after today. And the team can focus on winning the grand final. Do you almost laugh when people go, oh, why would he play on? A little which, bit. Which, which other job are you going to get? Yeah, well, that's right. 500 grand. Uh, it's the best, one of the best jobs in the world. So if you can continue to play and you feel good and you, you want to keep playing, uh, why wouldn't you? So, um, no, I think it's great. And this just can seal his legacy as a swan if he can win this premiership. Because, of course, he went there on the big nine-year deal. Jay-Z, he lost in 2014 and 2016 playing for Sydney. He was their best player, absolutely, in the 2014 grand final against Hawthorne. This will just cap off his legacy as absolutely one of the all-time greats. Well, if Sydney win, he is the story of the premiership, of, yeah, of the yeah. grand final for exactly that point. It, yeah. it, I mean, that deal's probably already justified. Not probably. It has been justified yeah. what he's done. So it's not like it's going to make the difference, but what a legacy piece on his contract. You know, he's, he's had an enormous presence uh, up there in Sydney. You just have a look at when he kicked the 1,000 goals, mm. the scenes after that. So that there's the impact of Lance Franklin um, there and then already before the premiership. But the premiership, what a cherry on top of this unbelievable career. Do you think times are almost changing in that? It's, 
it's almost admired a little bit more when you do switch clubs and you build another, uh, you extend your legacy, enhance your legacy, say with what he's done in going to Sydney, going to, moving away from footy heartland in Melbourne, going to Sydney, growing the game there and doing what he's done. It's almost like, you know, Tom Brady going on it. I just, I don't know whether there's still the, I mean, there's the respect about one club players, it's not but the there's almost a bit of, not, yeah, times have seemed to have shifted a little bit with one club, being a one club player. Yeah, we player. are maturing as an industry. And I mean, I think this will, yeah, this will absolutely top it off and uh, yeah, he deserves it. Gary Ablett's done it. That's right. Luke Hodges done it. Yeah. Lance Franklin's done it. I don't think the one club thing is, is the be all and end all anymore. Do you think it's almost more admirable when a player, Jay-Z, goes to another club and has... More not, not, no, not more admirable, Depends. but it's, I just think players have, have got that freedom and, and I don't think we hold it against the players anymore. No, no. And tell you what, there'll be plenty of player movement in this year's trade period. My gosh, it's getting more and more juicy every year. Yep. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe Janka. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Being at the SCG for the prelim Collingwood Sydney, absolutely the grand final should be a twilight grand final. Yeah, yeah. How, how beautiful it was with the sun setting and then turning into night. The atmosphere that was picturesque. It does make it extra special. I think we need a twilight grand final sooner rather than the, later. The issue with that, Joey, is you're in the minority. Uh, all the polls suggest that eighty percent of footy fans still want the uh, day grand final. No, so I there think is. I, I agree with him. I think a lot do, Jay Z. I know Leroy? you do your polls in the Herald Sun. A lot of people also don't want any rule changes and didn't want the game changed. And we've seen their best season of football ever Worked because of okay. rule changes. Hang on. Exactly. There's four of us here. Two of us agreed. Twilight, Leroy. Absolutely. Twilight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd have Twilight. The nighttime finish is pretty spectacular. percent. <laughs> <laughs> we all agree on Twilight. You tried to tell me that eighty percent. Want it to be day. Kath, let's ask Jared McVeigh because we're going to chat to him in the next hour. Good. Love it. Gents, we did briefly talk about the Queen's funeral. Jay-Z wanted to know whether there were any speeches, where the wake was. He mm-hmm. wanted a bit of goss. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get the uh, official report. Channel 7's uh, correspondent, David Wowood, joins us now. He's over in London for the big event. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. I feel like I should be at the wake, but I'm not sure where it is. How are you? Well, that's what Jay-Z wants to know. Yeah. Where did everyone kick on to? Were the pubs open <laughs> afterwards, David? Yeah, they absolutely were in Windsor. So when we were filing out of uh, the long walk there just in front of the castle, the town was absolutely pumping. We had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people had lined that big driveway it is. It goes for about three or four kilometres right up to Windsor Castle. That is where the Queen's. Uh, coffin sort of made its last approach. And then when everyone filed out, yeah, they just went straight to the pubs in Windsor. So it's absolutely pumping there tonight. So I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you, mm. you're making it sound like London's kind of the place to be right now. Like it's, <laughs> it's a good old party over there. <laughs> well, it is a little bit like that because it's a public holiday here. It's an official day of mourning. Um, and, yeah, it, it's sort of, I mean, yeah, pubs are full at the moment. People are out having a beer, having dinners, um, there's a lot of people out and about. It's not. It's. It, it probably sounds weird coming from an Australian perspective, but there really is a sense of real intense mourning, though, in this country. Like they really are missing the Queen here. Mm. So, what's been the overall reaction to the funeral? I mean, I couldn't fault it. It it looked amazing. It was very respectful. <laughs> so, what what have what have the locals thought of it? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, a fitting farewell to a woman, a really incredibly remarkable woman. So um, I did spend the day in Windsor today. We got there bright and early. People had camped out overnight. Like It was a really freezing night as well. They got there bright and early. They wanted those spots on the fences. So they waited, you know, 12, 
uh, 18 hours for her to pass. And when, when they did, like, it was just incredible. It was all that pomp, all that pageantry that you would expect from a, a British royal funeral. And it, it was incredible. And I think that the general consensus at the moment is it was a fitting farewell to a woman who'd served this country so incredibly. David, have you got any idea on the uh, official audience? Because we heard that maybe four mil- billion, sorry, four billion people were expected to watch the event. It might be still a, a tad early, but do you think that's been the talk that there have been that many people watching the funeral? Yeah, so they were the early numbers. What was the uh, previous record? Was it the Atlanta Olympics or something like that? So they thought that it was clearly going to blow that out of the water. It would, I mean, everyone knows the Queen. She's been there for the best part of seven, nearly eight decades. Um, that people were tuning in from right around the world and people from right around the world had made the trip to London. We heard from people from Ghana, all through South America, Africa, Asia. People had just made that pilgrimage. So it was a huge momentous, it was a history-making moment. People wanted to be part of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if those numbers are absolutely huge when they do come in. Yeah, you'd be pretty wrapped with the turnout if you were the queen. <laughs> um, the, the the heroes in my eyes were the pallbearers. Did you yeah. watch this closely? I mean, I, for their efforts in not only carrying the coffin, but but uh, how they had to, you know, dislodge it off the um, what was it the the gun carriage yeah off the gun off the gun carriage so they yeah. take it off that and they they were moving it the whole time so they put it back into the um the state hearse and they take it back out of the state hearse and they just do it with such um precision they you know there's eight of them and they manage to just pick it up pop it on their shoulders and then walk in unison it's incredible to watch those guys but that whole entire thing was done with that sense of precision as well. You watch uh, all the guards that followed that procession. It was all choreographed within an inch of its life. It was fantastic to watch. No one really put a foot wrong. We're speaking to Channel 7 correspondent David Woywood, who is over there in Windsor for the Queen's uh, funeral. Leroy has just mentioned uh, here, David, that all the traffic lights were ripped out along the procedural route. Is that correct? Oh, I haven't heard that. As I say, I was in Windsor for most of the day, but that would make sense because the trip that she did take uh, from Wellington Arch after she'd left uh, Westminster and uh, made her way, um, the casket made its way through London, uh, they then snaked very slowly. It took about three hours. It's normally around a half an hour drive. So they went through all these small little towns, villages, some semi-rural areas down around Heathrow as well and then finally made it. And it was just a, a slow crawl the whole way. So, yeah, I dare say that they would have had uh, traffic control on this one, uh, 100%. But, yeah, it was done like that. So everybody, uh, they could maximise that opportunity for people to say their final farewells. And just before we let you go, David, where to from here now? Is that officially the end? Is, is it uh, all done there, or is there still some more procedure to come? That's pretty much it, guys. So what has happened, we saw the coffin there disappear um, we would see, well, we didn't actually see it, but then the um, uh, the coffin of her husband, her late husband, Prince Philip, was then uh, added into that vault. And then that's pretty much it. The royals had their own private um, service late, later in the evening. And then what essentially happens is they go into that period of mourning. So there's a very good chance we might not see or hear from the royals for a couple of weeks now. And that is pretty much it. It's done. Charles is now king. And the next thing that we look forward to is his official coronation, which could happen within the next year or so. Well, David, we'll let you get to the pub because it yes. sound, sounds like it's <laughs> there in London. Thanks for your time this morning. 
Thanks, guys. Jay-Z, we want to get the latest on Max Holmes and Sam Reid. They're two players under injury clouds leading into the grand final. What about Geelong's Max Holmes, firstly? Yeah, so he did some light running uh, at training yesterday. Huge crowd there for just the uh, the grand final training session. So a nice buzz. Uh, he ran some laps. The big test for him is going to be tomorrow. So Wednesday's main training, he's going to run at some speed, and that will be a, a fitness test for him. So we know he was subbed out last weekend, and initially he did pull up really sharply. He seemed really flat and dejected, and, and initially you thought, right, this is a, a hamstring injury. What a heartbreak for youngster Max Holmes. So important with that run. Um, he's a top runner on the wing. So it, initially you, you were shattered for him, but the hopes are really growing. He got through those laps yesterday. Big test tomorrow, and, and the Cats are seriously uh, weighing up. I think they need to see how he recovers a little bit. I know what you think here, Joey. I mean, they've got depth in the midfield, the Cats. So they've got Sam Menegola, they've got Brennan Parfit, they've got Mark O'Connor waiting in the wings. Do they take this risk on a young man with this hamstring concern? They're saying maybe it's just neural, but... You know, it would be a big risk to take him in with this question mark. What's your gut telling you? Well, look, my, my gut says that they'll know all the um, like all the all the evidence to to make a strong decision. So it won't be a risk with the decision they make because even though he did pull up, he, he's never done a hamstring before. So it is common sometimes for a young player who hasn't done a hamstring to maybe think they have, especially with neural pain, because you do get the pain run down your leg, and if you've never experienced a hamstring, you're not sure what actually that is. So. They were confident early in the week. This will be a, a line ball decision. I think this will go right up to the to the final night, probably on the Friday, to figure out whether the, the pain has subsided and whether he can run at full speed. Because yep. Max Holmes' greatest strength is his running capacity. If he can't run at full uh, full speed, I don't think they'll play him. Mm. But if he can, then there's no problem. I, I think if, if you've got that right, you've got the luxury now with the sub as well on the bench, just as a little bit of a backup mm. um, for a coach. If he doesn't play, I think Sam Menegol is the perfect replacement. Yeah. He's another running machine who can actually just fill the very same spot on the wing. But uh, young man, it's a bit more of a risk, but I think they'll know by Friday whether it's just the pain tolerance and if he can handle it and run at full speed. I expect him to play. And I think he'll play. Yeah. yeah, and for him, would there be that mental question as well? Because he's got to go. He doesn't want to carry any doubts within himself. So he's got to prove to himself and know within himself that he's good to go. That's the only issue with a young player. I think older players know their body better, and, they, and they've been through more experiences to understand, to, to get through it, that you'll be okay. A young player hasn't been in that situation. That is the concern. It's more that his mental state, if they don't think that he can perform to his best because of the doubts, that's what they've got to figure out. But I think they'll leave no stone unturned, the, the footy club. That's why they're so good. Uh, they'll make the right call. But my gut feel, if it's neural, I think you'll be able to play with that and he'll be fine. It's massive positive, isn't it? Because those scenes when he came off, was it the third quarter uh, last week and he was slamming the ground? Oh, your heart just mm. broke for him thinking, that looks like a hamstring. That's three yep. weeks. He's not going to be able to play the grand final. But here we are. What about Sam Reid from Sydney Swans? Yeah, so groin strain for Sam. And he's actually been quite important. We all Very thought, good. thought that he might be sort of reaching the end of his career. But he's, he's played a really solid role for Sydney. So groin strain, it's it's something he could probably carry into, given that he is such an important structural player. Um, again, in a very similar boat. They're going to test him, I think, today. He's got a bit of a session. So they'll see how he goes there and then uh, recovers. Um, he could play 
bit deeper potentially, uh, Joey. So um, Joel Armand is waiting in the wings um, as that marking key target. Again, it's going to be a decision late in the week. He won't be 100%. But Steve May played last year's grand final with an eight-centimetre tear in his hamstring. He genuinely played on one leg. So, you know, I don't know whether the adrenaline can help. What would you be doing? What would you call beyond Sam Reed? Yeah, probably the same. And again, this guy's, you know, 30 years of age, had a lot of injuries. So he understands his body as, as well as anyone. An adductor is probably, you're right, something you, you can play with. You've just got to have enough power to be able to push off and change direction. So that'll be the test for him later in the week. I, again, think he'll play. Yep. I expect him to play. You can always, too, with this sort of injury, just get a little bit of sort of cortisone to, to dull the pain a little bit. And the risk with that is you do more damage to the to the, um, mm. to the the injury. But because it's the final game, you've got six, got six months to recover, boy. Doesn't so, matter when you're on the beach. So I think Sam Reid, <laughs> how important he is to their team, the year he's had, what he's been through. I expect them both to play. And no doubt it'll be a talking point right up till game day morning. I think they'll both play without knowing how significant they it's are. the beauty of the medical sub too. No, there is that little bit. A little bit of a risk, yeah. You've got you? that little bit up your sleeve that you're not going to be a player short if one of them do go down early. Hey, Jared McVeigh from Sydney Swans, going to join us next hour. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe Janka. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Plenty going on. It is grand final. We will build up to the big game. It's just starting to creep up on us. Yes. Brownlow's out the way. Queen's funeral finally yep. out the way. Now we can start to focus in on the big yep. dance because boy. It's going to be one cracking grand final. It's starting to get lots of talks talk about tickets. Are you getting the messages coming through oh, on your yeah. phone? And- yes, a couple of people I haven't heard from for a while. Just reaching out <laughs> if you hear of any. The other, the only it's issue- quite bold, isn't it, when you haven't spoken oh. to someone for three years or so and they text you this week going, yep. hey, uh, just uh, if any grand final tickets lying around. Yep. I don't mind the masking. It's just that I don't think people, when they ask, realise that if you do find or hear some going for sale, they're not cheap. Like no. People aren't just giving them for three or $400. Yep. You're looking at a few thousand. So yep. people sort of don't take that into consideration when they ask if there's any grand final tickets going around. What have you done for a grand final ticket? Oh. Before we were working in the industry. Yep. My, my, dad snuck, go to, my dad snuck me in. Snuck you in. To my first grand final. How so did he, you do that? We worked in the army and he was like, his job was to like move the speakers around for the um, pre-show, for the grand final entertainment. So he sort of got these two uh, tickets and he sort of snuck me in with one of them. So that's how 92 Geelong versus West Coast. It was over a quarter time too, by the way, as a young Geelong fan. <laughs> Joey, you uh, ever sneak in? No, I only went, as I said, the other morning, my first grand final when I was year 17. I went with my two mates. We got standing room tickets. I'm not sure how we got them. And then ever since then, I was lucky enough, once you got drafted, you were able to buy two tickets as a player. So I bought them every year to go and watch the grand final. I had a rule that I would go every year until I played in one. And then obviously lost a couple and then didn't go back for a while. <laughs> I, reckon that, I reckon there's a story here. So you're obviously going as... A journalist on yes. Saturday. So what do you have to do? You do you go into the winning change rooms or the losing change rooms? Yes, we, the game? we find out our, our roles sort of later in the week. I've done the Norm Smith medal um, a few times, which which is fun. I've you sort- voted on that. I have, oh, yeah, I really? did. Yeah, and I and the story, like there's always a, a sort of a double-page feature on did the Norm Smith. pressure? Yes, that? I did. Yes, I did. Were you nervous? Yes, I was nervous, actually. <laughs> did you get it right? Not sure. <laughs> uh, I haven't been able to watch it back, uh, to be honest. But so, that, you know, the double-page story on the Norm Smith medals is always a story. I've done the losers um, where you go into the rooms afterwards and speak it's, to players and parents no fun, and it? coaches. That's pretty tough. Um, and also being in the winning room. Did rooms. you come down to St Kilda when we lost? Did I speak to you? Because I, I had to face the, the uh, journalist when we lost yes. in 2009, and I reckon you were in there. Yes, I reckon I did yours. I yeah. had to come out. Was he nice? 
Uh, he was, I think he was a straight, straight bat. Well, I mean, it's yeah. you feel for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's you do. Absolute heartbreak. But then when you're in the winners, you got everyone so excited. You know, the jubilation. So when you snuck into the ninety ninety two grand ninety ninety four grand final, you yep. were just telling us your dad snuck you into yep. that grand final, and now you get to go every year yep. to work. It's a pretty cool it's, story. It's pretty good. But we were asking, have you ever? What have you done for grand final tickets? How desperate have you been? And we've got a caller. We've got Danny who's called in. Danny, what have you done to get grand final tickets? Morning, guys. Loving the show. Thanks, Danny. Um, Thanks, Danny. I I didn't have to do anything. Back in the early 80s, uh, I played under-19s up at Essendon and uh, the boss at work was a Carltonian. And um, 84, the Bombers made the the grand final. Carlton weren't there. And uh, I said to him, can't get me any tickets, can you? He goes, oh, yeah. I said, can you get me 10? <laughs> he said, do you want any more? I said, yeah, I do, actually. Can I get 30? No. Right. I got 30 tickets at 30? cost price, cost price, which I think was $30 a head at the time. Oh. I took my family, my friends, everybody. What a day out. <laughs> we sat up in the nosebleed of the Northern Stand, but, you know, fantastic. See, well, that uh, is a great story of yes. you don't ask, you don't get. That's right. And if you've got 30 tickets, you can take the person at the milk bar, the bloke that works at the servo, your mechanic, hey, you can Danny, take everyone. Danny, imagine trying to get 30 tickets now. You'd have to take out a mortgage to get 30 <laughs> yeah. tickets to the grand final these days. I went, yes. The last one I went, there was 2,000. So that tells you since 84. Yeah. Hard to get tickets now. Better Thank days you, in 1984, weren't they? That's great. Yeah, it is. Shane, what have you done for grand final tickets? Uh, it wasn't me, actually. It was my brother, but he uh, used to sell records probably about 15 years ago. And then um, the year he quit, he kept his record uniform but got into the grand final the year after wearing it. Yeah, I heard that one Brilliant. before. That's a good, good. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so what has he said? He wore it in, and then um, the guy running the shop realised that he was there, and they tried to chase him down, but he managed to get into the toilet to change and uh, get away. Did the bolt. <laughs> Too late. Once you're in, you're in. Uh, well, I've heard <laughs> really? that story before. I think Georgie, our producer, said one of his mates did something similar. So it must be a little common thing amongst the uh, little fraternity, the those, record sellers. Record, record boys and girls. <laughs> no good. What about George? George is on the line. What have you done for grand final tickets? Uh, g'day, how are you going? Good, Good how are you, George? Sound like you're getting Good. in the car. Yeah, just jumped in, sorry. Um, it was actually my father-in-law, so he went to the famous 89 grand final, the Cats and the Hawks. Uh, he had no ticket. Uh, he's from uh, northern Victoria, and he's went down on the Friday night with a couple of mates to the pub and just got talking to some random guys and um, become friends with them just for the night, and they uh, shared him a ticket to the... The famous grand final, and then he, he shouted them drinks all day at the, yes. uh, at the AFL. And that's smart because in 89, that's pre-smartphones, right? So there's no apps or, you know, yeah. you're not going to those internet vendors. So if you need a ticket, where else are you going to go? To yeah. the pub. Go to the pub. Yeah, See, exactly. going to the pub is smart. Mm. Exactly. I think they were a couple of rows back from the fence, and uh, he tells the story quite well uh, this time of year, every he, year. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a good man, your father-in-law. Thanks, George. What about Shane? He's on the line. Shane, what's your story? for grand final tickets? Yeah, former colleague of mine, uh, both policemen in the day, and uh, he's gone to the game in his uniform with his little kit bag pretending that he was working there <laughs> back when the police did the security. <laughs> Got himself into the game uh, as, a, as a supposedly a work Whips out his civvies, puts those on, and enjoys the match. Yes, <laughs> wouldn't have been the only one too, I reckon. Dad. <laughs> what has no, he done? Common. What has he done? Has he brought all his weapons and whatnot? Like, has he gone the full police kit, or has he no, just he gone the half he, kit? 
didn't need to kit back then, no, no firearms or anything like that back in the day. It was a Geelong granny in the early 90s, I can remember. He's retired now, so good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to him. Who needs I, a grand final ticket when you can just flash your badge? Well, I get all the shifty little footy record sellers do, do that, the old uniform swap, but not the police. Man. Hey, he was just reporting for duty. What about Paul? Paul is on the line. Paul, what have you done for grand final tickets? Oh, look, it's going back to 05 and... Um, very fortunately, but uh, Joey's probably not going to be happy, but I went and watched the Swans play at St Kilda in the preliminary final, and it was that controversial final where Barry, Barry Hall tangled with uh, the young fellow there. Yeah, Matty Maguire. Punch Matty Maguire in the guts. Anyway, the wife and my mother, I don't know what she was, probably 70-odd at that point, lined up and got the uh, the old uh, raffle ticket for me so the, in the queue, and then from that we went straight back from after the prelim, went down to a, a ground near the South Melbourne uh, heartland there, and uh, we grabbed a queue ticket, said to the wife and the mum, thanks very much, and then we jumped into the queue, and then we queued up, and uh, it was the days before Ticket Tech Priority, you know, all the rest with tickets and things. Uh, lined up all night, drunk Crown Lagers, and uh, celebrated the win into the, uh, you know, into the grand final. Uh, you know, we've got a group of guys that I go with, we call ourselves the True Believers. We've been following this mob for, you know, so long, and to have the Swans in again in the grand final is just absolutely fantastic. Um, and very luckily enough, got a couple of tickets, uh, and, and gave one of my cue tickets to a mate who, after that game in 2005, was just a, an amazing you know, situation after 72 years, come up and thank me and hug me like a member of my own family because I got him and his wife and uh, kids along uh, with these cue tickets, and that was the day before you... You went with the old now as you do now with Ticket Tech yeah. getting priorities That's and all this sort of stuff. It was just a fabulous, you know, period. And um, and I, I believe it or not, well, another day I was sitting next to this woman. She's saying, uh, "Yeah, Paul's my uh, brother." And I'm thinking, Paul, but I was actually sat next to Paul Rue's sister uh, during the grand final. And uh, I don't think she watched much of it because you know it was a very tense game. We only got up by five points that day. But after 72 years, it was just an amazing thing. And um, uh, I've just turned 60 recently. Uh, I've had the best three weeks of my life, you know. Um, they've come back in it and they've got in and the young team, uh, I really re- think we're going to get a cat's an absolute shake this weekend. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I feel like we've got your whole life story yes. and I love it and I wish we could have grand final tickets to give you. Good. Good on him, Paul. Right on, Paul. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. This Saturday, Dead Set Legends, we're going to be at the live site at the MCG out Can't the wait. front of Gate 3. So yeah. come on down. You don't need a grand final ticket to come yes. and watch us. But it reminded yeah. me the last time we are at live oh. site, which is obviously pre-COVID, yeah. you fell off the stage oh, no. live <laughs> when we were doing Dead Set. You fell yeah. off the How? stage. Well, being a goose, and yeah, oh, and I was excited, you know, two thousand. What was it, nineteen? Yeah, the big grand final yeah. shows, thousands of people there. It's a career highlight for me. <laughs> you know, talk footy, a few gags, and then I just um, said hello to to my mum and my stepdad who who come along. So they're coming in. I've got the family there. Oh, so you've told the family, guys, yes. three highlights. Yeah, so I give mum a big hug, and then anyway, I was running a bit late to get back on stage because we we're picking up from the next break, and there was a plastic chair, like not your good plastic chair, your proper sort of big W plastic $2 chair, one. exactly. And I jumped back up on there to get back up on the stage, and it, this chair exploded oh, underneath no. me. And I was probably carrying a couple at the time, Kath. So um, the chair just exploded. I fell down. And you know when you hear that collective gasp from like oh, 2,000 yeah. people? It's like, <gasps> and so I hit the deck and get back up. It was sort of a bit late back for the next break, and I was mightily embarrassed. It wasn't a gasp. I heard. It, was a, it was a chuckle from everyone. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Hey, we've got a big guest coming up on the show. 2012 Premiership captain for the Sydney Swans, Jared McVeigh, is going to join us. Tell you what, I spoke to, I said, saw Peter Dacos at the airport. I was at Sydney. I tell you what, this talk, the Sydney Swans fans, they are as 
passionate oh, yeah. and as feral as anyone. Like, they were going mad in the crowd. They were, no, they, well, in regards to footy supporters, like they were the banter between the Collingwood supporters and the Sydney supporters at on. the SCG. It was on. Whoa. There was one Bay of Collingwood supporters, another Bay of Sydney supporters, yeah. and every time one of the teams kicked the goal, they didn't clap their team. They turned to the other supporters and were sticking their fingers <laughs> up, giving them away, getting their scarf in their face. You might have to ask Joe McVay if his Sydney Swans fans are feral in the words of Joe Montagna. Tears, the wife. runs into the goal square, picks it up, gets grouped to ball. Swartz kicked the first to the last. And it doesn't get better than that from Jared McVay as he slides it in from an acute angle. This spills to McVay. Oh. Oh. Some candy. And oh. celebrates, does Jared McVay. Number three, Jared McVay. They have been a hugely successful club and they're back in the grand final this Saturday, the Sydney Swans. This man who's about to join us, 325 games for the club, including the 2012 Premiership captain, Jared McVay, welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. How pumped are you for the club and this team to, to be in the grand final? Yeah, it's so exciting. I mean, to to have a chance to win it and, and be a part of this week, it's um, you know great for the football club, for our fans and... Um, you know, something we've been striving towards for a few years now. So, um, look, we can't wait and we'll have a training session today with our fans and then and then get down to Melbourne Thursday. So it's exciting. Jared, it's a, it's a special footy club. I mean, they've done so well, been up for such a long period of time. To think only two years ago they were bottom four. Now John Longmire has taken them up to the, the top again. Tell us, what is it about this Bloods culture and, and what is so special about this football club? Because you let it, you know it, anything. They just seem to, um, I don't know, they're, 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 there's just something intrinsic about it. Oh, look, I know, look, it's hard to tell. I think we've got a really, uh, you know, just good people at our football club that, um, you know, from our board down, they want to give our players um, the best opportunity to win, to win finals, to play finals and to, to have a chance at a premiership every single year. And, you know, we've been on record to saying that we don't think we have to go down the, the bottom of the ladder to, to, to go back up. We want to replenish, rebuild on the fly. And I think we've been able to do that. And even though we missed a couple of years ago, we're down the bottom. Um, we didn't get beaten you know, by that much uh, throughout the year, you know, by big margins. So we still thought we are actually in the game a lot those, uh, you know, through that year. So, and then our players have built last year and then into a, a strong year this year. So, um, yeah, look, the club's just, uh, you know, built on hard work and, and good foundations and good people. Mackie, you've been in this situation a few times. So have a few of your, your senior teammates, but you've got a lot of youngsters in the group this year. What's your advice to them, particularly early in the week about grand final week because it is different. What knowledge will you impart on them? Yeah, look, it's a bit different. Also, again, uh, Joey, up here because it's, um, you know, no one really knows the boys around here. So it would be interesting to having more than 10 people at training today. So that would be nice for them. But, um, well, look, it's, you know, I've, I said to them, I've tried to, you know, not do anything and not think about footy. I've gone the other way and I think it doesn't really matter what you do um, you've just got to turn up on game day. Um, so, you know, just pick whichever way you want to do and, and go for it. But I think these, you know, the boys now, they just embrace it. They love it. You know, the, um, you know, their, uh, I don't know, just the energy they give is just so different to, to what we're used to. So it's, um, you know, they're buzzing around. Um, you know, you've got to have the, the right time to switch on and switch off. And, um, you know, I think they do that really well. 
Speaking to Jared McVeigh, you joke about uh, having what no more than ten people at training and, and being in a rugby league town as you, as you are. But what about the scenes on Saturday afternoon? The SCG was rocking. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, the the few weeks prior prior to that, we played Collingwood again, and you know it was just really buzzing. You can just feel you know it's a different energy now, and um, you know when the SCG is full and and loud, it's um, you know a really special place and. Um, you know, it was great for our players to experience that. And then, um, you know, the rugby league finals are on next door and we had, a you know, a lot more people than there uh, uh, next door. So it was, it's really pleasing, um, you know, the hard work that a lot of people have put in over the years from when we first arrived to Sydney to, to see a full stand and our players being able to be in a grand final is fantastic. And no doubt someone who's helped grow the game in Sydney is Buddy Franklin and the news overnight that he has signed on for one more season. Uh, talk us through this. Was was it ever in doubt? I mean, we were speculating about it for, for weeks, us media, but but take us through the, the conversations uh, behind closed doors. Oh, there wasn't too many. I mean, you know, it's, you know, we had a, you know, it was, it was, it was obviously him and his family's decision. And uh, personally, I didn't think he'd be going anywhere. So I wasn't too concerned. And, um, you know, I probably thought it would have been the other way that he may have retired, um, you know, rather than go to a different club. But, um, yeah, well, obviously wrapped um, to have him and, um, you know, what he's been able to achieve and to impart on this football club is is huge. Um, and then hopefully it can add another story this weekend. Well, I'll tell you what, the young players are just going to walk a bit taller walking out there with the rock star <laughs> Buddy Franklin this weekend. Hey, uh, Geelong, I think neutral footy fans, they watch us and think, right, Geelong's a team to beat. How do you take down the Cats, uh, Jared? Is there anything that stands out to you as a weakness the Swans can attack in the big one on Saturday? Oh, look, they're very sound and, you know, they're, you know, what are they, 14 or 15 on the trot? So, um, you know, they were two games clear on the ladder, so we understand it's a huge task for us. And um, But their system, the way they defend is obviously, um, you know, they're so experienced and so smart, you know, you know the way they do things. And um, But we believe our, our, our style, our standard will um, um, just hold us in good stead. But, you know, their defensive system is probably their real strength and then the way they're moving the ball now is a little bit different to the previous years. So we've got to have a look at that and, and how we defend really well as well. So, um, you know, Stewart and DeConning back there and, um, you know, now back there. So they've got a lot of the smart, experienced players. So we're just going to have to look at that really closely. And finally, with the travel plans as well, when do you guys touch down in Melbourne? I'm sure then it will really kick in for the young players that they're playing in a grand final. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, I think we head down Thursday, so um, we'll, we'll train up here for our main session then jump on the bus and get to the airport then, uh, and then get to Melbourne and, um, yeah, then get right amongst it, which will be great for our players and over the parade, obviously, and... Um, and then get themselves ready for the game. But yeah, look, they'll be, um, you know, super excited, obviously. And then, but but understanding there's a task at hand. Parade down the Yarra too. It'll be a little bit different. <laughs> mm. Yeah, a bit different. <laughs> I hope you haven't seen the weather forecast. Do the assistants get involved in the parade? Do you are you a part of the parade, or do you get to sort of sit oh. back? I hope not, Joey. I don't think we need to be doing that. <laughs> do you need a life jacket? I've no, got no idea how it's going to work. I think there's uh, torrential rain too, Ooh. so you wouldn't want to be on a boat oh, on Friday. Yeah. But good luck to the players. <laughs> hey, Jared, thanks so much for your time and good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Jared. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, trade news. There has been a development with Josh Dunkley, and he has opted to be traded to Brisbane if yes. they can get the deal done. Yep. Uh, he has uh, taken his time uh, on this decision. He's kept 
Port Adelaide, the Western Bulldogs and Brisbane Lions hanging on this one, but he has nominated Brisbane. And this, I mean, this is looking like a bumper trade period. I know we say it every year, Joey, but there is genuinely going to be some blockbuster moves and the Lions are going to be aggressive because not only um, are they going to secure Josh Dunkley in a deal from the Western Bulldogs, they're also still eyeing Hawk Jack Gunston. And when you think that McStay is going to go from Brisbane to Collingwood, join Brody Mychek and Mason Cox, um, Gunston is the perfect fit for the Lions on that half-forward flank. Dunkley and Gunston coming off a prelim final appearance. And they're going to get the best young kid in the country, Will Ashcroft, the number one draft pick, who is going to be an absolute star. So that is why it's actually a pretty straightforward, I think, in regards to trading for Josh Dunkley. Jay-Z, because they can trade out their first-round pick, the Brisbane Lions, because all they need to get um, Will Ashcroft and another father-son in Jasper Fletcher, who is also a top-20 talent, all they need is a whole bunch of picks later in the draft. As you know, you can just accumulate points. So it's a great year when you've got that, to trade out your first-round pick, get in a star, and then just go and you know do some trades to accumulate some extra draft picks later in the draft. And they will have four new additions to their lineup, which will keep them absolutely in contention. They do have some work defensively, but Brisbane will be mm. thereabouts again next year, that's for sure. So Western Bulldogs lose Dunkley, who's an A-grade midfielder, we'd say. They, yep. they're they asking for two first-round draft picks. I think it might be a little bit discounted on that, but that's all to play out. But the Western Bulldogs, they've got some work to do. Bombed out in the elimination final. We expect them to get Rory Lobb from Fremantle to help stiffen that attack. And also Liam Jones from, from Carlton, who spent a year out of the game. Crucially, he's going to come into that back line and bolster that defence. I think they were the 13th-ranked defence, Joey. So they've got some work to do reprogramming that defensive system. The Western Bulldogs also very busy in the assistant coaching space. Mm. So they've lost some top-rated assistant coaches in Stephen King and also uh, Ash Hansen in recent years. So I think Luke Beveridge, a premiership coach, looking to spin the magnets in his coaching box to get some uh, more highly rated acumen in. It's underrated assistant coaches. I was we, just about to we say. We just all presume it's a senior coach. Yep. But just chatting to even Jared McVeigh before, like you think about Jared McVeigh, Dean Cox and Don Pike and how, how great a football minds all those three are to help John Longmire. Yep. They deserve some credit as well. And the whole Craig McRae situation, we speak – focus so much on fly, but what about Justin Lepich as an assistant? Internally, they, internally they assistant. give Justin Lepich a lot of praise, don't they, for oh, what he's yeah. been able to and, do? And, and, and yeah. Brennan Bolton. Yeah. Uh, Luke Jackson, of course, uh, Kath, uh, we expect him to go to Fremantle. believe he has met with uh, West Coast, so that deal will be done. Maybe a third club will be involved there, and maybe the biggest move of all, Brody Grundy going from Collingwood to Melbourne to join Max Gorn, that superstar rock combination. It'll be the story of the summer, how these two A-grade big men uh, work together. Absolutely fascinating because Collingwood, speaking of being aggressive, they want Billy Frampton from Adelaide to be their new fullback, a, a, a Jordan Ruffhead style. Uh, Brad Hill, uh, sorry, not Brad Bobby. Hill, uh, Bobby Hill uh, from GWS, had some speed in that forward half. Tom Mitchell, keep your eye on him as well, as, as well as McStay. So you now Collingwood, who currently have $2 million wrapped up in their Ruckman, in Brodie Grundy, Mason Cox, and also Darcy Cameron, looking to change things up there. So it's going to be a bumper trade period. Oh, yeah. Where do you think Brodie Grundy's mind is at? I think it's out of Collingwood. They haven't seen him in the rooms post-match. He's ready to go to Melbourne. Yeah, He'll be at Melbourne. That's telling, isn't it? Bumper trade period, as you said, coming up. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey Jane Kath. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. The Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Quiz for Barbecues Galore. Become a barbecue legend this summer with Barbecues Galore. They've got the tools and the gear to fire up this barbecue season. Shop online at barbecuesgalore.com.au or visit your local store. Yeah, 
And we have a $5,000 voucher to give away at barbecues galore. But all you have to do, if you win the quiz today, and that's being the last man or woman standing, you go through to our final on the Thursday, and the winner gets the voucher. So I've got a series of questions, a couple of sport ones, a couple of random ones. Joey, the phones are lighting up. People want this $5,000 gift voucher. They do indeed. So we'll get straight into it. We've got Craig on the line from Gisborne. Morning, Craig. Morning, guys. All right, let's see if you can sweep the board, mate. First question, question one. At the end of the home and away season, where did the Sydney Swans finish on the ladder? Ooh. Question. Third? Yes, oh. they did indeed. Just a reminder, that sizzle means you've only got six seconds to answer, so get in quickly. Six seconds? Six seconds. That's Jeez, plenty. You're brutal. Plenty of time. <laughs> Being quick, hey? Okay, question two. Another sport one. Which tennis champion announced his retirement last week? Uh, Federer? Roger yes. Federer, it was indeed. Okay, next question. Name the song and the band who sang this. I'm not going to sing it, but I'll read out the lyrics. Is this real life? Is this just fantasy? <laughs> you caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Don't start it yet, Leroy. Wayne, Bohemian. Good. Yes, that's yeah, you true. Got you got through there. Plenty of time there. Yeah, you're going really well here. These questions are pretty straightforward. Hang on. The today. sizzle's got to start after the question has yeah, been so asked. That was... I thought that was obvious. Though. Leroy jumped the gun early there. I'm trying to get rid of Craig there. All right. <laughs> Three more questions to go. Next one, mate. How many AFL premierships has Buddy Franklin won? Four. Oh, It's not four. All right. Now we're getting to Rob from Doreen. G'day, Rob. Hey, mate. How are you? Good. couple of questions to go to get through to the final on Thursday. How many AFL premierships has Buddy Franklin won? Three. No, it's not three. It's interesting, this one. Come on, callers. Get up. Wikipedia. No, Kath, that's not what we do. That's why we do the six-second sizzle. G'day, Dan. Morning, How many? G'day, mate. How many premierships has Buddy won? Uh, two. Yeah, he's won two. Just 2008 and 2013. Both at Hawthorne. He's lost two at the Sydney Swans. couple of questions to go. We spoke about this yesterday, but which famous sports star queued up for 13 hours to view Queen Elizabeth's coffin? Uh, David Beckham. It was indeed. Well done, Dan. Okay, last two, a couple of footy ones. I think Dan's going to win it. All right. 2011 was Geelong's last premiership. There were three players still playing that won in 2011. Name the three cats that played in the 2011 grand final. Uh, Selwood, Duncan, and Hawkins. Very good. All right. Last one. Here we go, mate. This is to get through to the final for the $5,000 barbecues galore gift voucher. Since 1999... Only one AFL team has not played in a grand final. Which team is it? Uh, oh, oh, not too late. Too late. Oh, oh Leroy. No, we've got to give it to him. He got it. Past the buzzer, though. All right. We've we got to stick to the integrity of the competition. Okay. okay. Stick to the integrity. Sorry oh, about that. Jeez, that's jo- brutal. Georgie Screw the integrity. He got it. <laughs> oh, hello. Have Who's we got there? a child on the, on the line? You decide, Joey. Who we got here? we got Cameron. Cameron, you're still there. Hello. Yeah, mate. Why don't you're through to the final. Why don't you got it just in time. Gold Coast Suns was the answer. You said it. No. That's that a different was call. Dan. This is a different oh, call. Oh, I fucked that one up. <laughs> Oh, right you're having a mare. Need I one would have liked to have given it to Dan. But well, you go, you've got to ask the question now to Cameron. He's got to answer the question okay. if he's going to win. Who's the captain of St Kilda this year? Um, oh, God. What about the Gold Coast question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ross. No, it's no. not Seb Ross. Righto. Scott from Wallen, you there, Scott? 
guys. We've changed the question. This is the final question to get through to the final on Thursday. Who is the current captain of the St Kilda Footy Club? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. Oh, <laughs> man. Jeez, he was flat. <laughs> I feel like we should still Kath, go back Kath, to Dan. So Dalton, Dalton from Nana Goon, who is the captain of the St Kilda Footy Club? Uh, is it Geary? No, it's no. not Jerry Geary. Nah. Uh, <laughs> All right, Sean, do you know who the captain of the St Kilda Footy Club is? Jack Steele. It yeah. is Jack Steele. Well done. Thank you very much, Sean. Stick back on the line, mate. You'll be through to the final on Thursday. We'll have the final there. So there you go. Well done, Sean. I did I did build a connection to Dan. I felt <laughs> like he did the hard yard. That Geelong question was hard, and he got it. The Selwood, Hawkins, and Duncan. Well, like all big finals, you need a bit of controversy. That's it. <laughs> we got it. We're just talking. You do have to put in a bit of effort into your appearance when you work on radio these days, don't you? I'm just you finding just, that out. You just have a quick look on Instagram and Twitter, and there's your face. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or orange juice down his jumper and there's all sorts of shots of him. Yeah. Uh, it's rough when you get up at 4.30, but you do. You need to put a bit of effort yeah. in. Always get some comments online. Yeah, I don't feel too um, good about my appearance. Thank anymore. you for all those comments. Um, hey, yes. Yeah, I've, so a bit of news about um, music being played after goals kicked during games at yeah, the moment. It's unnecessary. So apparently the AFL have received quite a bit of backlash of people not liking it, and this was particularly after the Cats-Lions prelim arguing just our game does not need music no. after goals. Well, after you see a goal, you want to chat with the person next to you about, gee, how good was Tom Hawkins You can still all. do that with music playing. With ZZ Top sort of <laughs> screaming out over the ground. I'm not sure you need it. Maybe for the pre-season or the... It's just a bit gimmicky, isn't it? It's a bit AFL-X-y. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, everyone gets, everyone over-exaggerates. It was, it's just great theatre, a bit of music, a bit of adrenaline and... Excitement. So if you were fans, still playing, would you like a song? Of course you'd song? love it. A goal gets kicked, a bit of music when you're going back to position. I don't think it's a big What song would you like issue? after a Lee Montana oh, goal? Oh, I was kicking goals. Living on a prayer, Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, that's a great <laughs> tune, actually. That's one of my favourites. But look, yeah. so what have they done? They're going to scrap the music now. Is that, is that no, what's it's happened? Just, it's well, a discussion. It's a discussion. Yeah. Right. I think they're leaning towards more ditching it. Because of some, vocal, some of the vocal minority that have just kicked up a big stink. That don't well, like I it. think the MCC have had a bit oh, of a say in the this MCC. Too. Well, there you go. Yeah. What mm. would you have, Kath, after you kick the goal? What song would you like? Blip, play it out. Um, I'd I'd go something really poppy just to ruin the oh, yeah. ruin the vibe. A bit of Lady like, Gaga, bit of, yeah, or Spice Girls or something. <laughs> go off, wouldn't it? Yeah, be great. Um, we spoke earlier about the, the time of the grand final. It's always contention, and we yep. spoke earlier about how good a twilight grand final would be. But yep. again, there are a lot of. People, a lot of vocal people that would that argue that's got to stay a daytime grand final because of tradition. But don't we need to continue to evolve with this game? Like, isn't the rule changes the evolution made the game so much yeah, better? But you don't always get it right, though, yeah. do you, Joey? So you know the sub rule was in and out. Um, yeah, I don't think they need the songs. The Twilight Grand Final is a perfect compromise. Yeah, remember during COVID as well that the length of the game was a massive talking point. Yeah, quarters are too long. Mm. Yeah, that's died down, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, the game, we've had, had a great season of footy, that's why. Hey, um, what would you call, it looks like the Tassie team's coming in. What would you call the new Tassie team? What do you think they should, what, what should be their moniker? The oh, Tassie thinking. Devils. We've already Is got it, the Demons. The Devils, the Tassie the Devils. Devils. We've got the Melbourne Demons. You want the Demons and the Devils in the same league? Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot of <laughs> sort of horror. What, what would Tassie, you call them? 
Yeah, I, I like the Tassie Devils. Why are you are you leaning towards something? Is I, there is there another thought that I think might... if we've got the demons, we can't have the devils as well. Okay. So we need a new name. For, we need a new name for mm. the Tassie team. Gosh, the basketball team went for the Jack Jumpers. Jack Jumpers. So we need to put our thinking caps on. I want to ask you about. Our... The Tassie team after this. It looked like it's going to be. It almost now seems almost certain that we will have a Tassie team Didn't in the all AFL. All the club presidents meet with Gil yesterday. Big, big meeting it? yesterday. Speaking about vocal minority, I think there's a few presidents uh, against it, but I reckon Gil gets what Gil wants, and that is a Tasmanian team. He wants a Tassie team. team. Yeah. I feel like there's way too much momentum for the Tassie team now. Yeah. Just needs a name. Yeah. And a, and a stadium. And a stadium. And, a, and, a, and a $2 billion stadium. <laughs> yeah. There's that as just, well. Just that little detail yeah. as well. Hey, we were talking about the AFL playing music after goals kicked at the MCG. Yep. The MCC don't like it. They want it scrapped for Saturday's grand final. Joey, you don't mind it. In the, fact, you said you would love a bit of Bon Jovi living on a prayer to be played after you kicked a goal. Well, think about one of the greatest is when Charlie Cameron kicks goals this season. He does the little motorbike and the music plays. Yeah. And fans all love it. It's one of the highlights. And now we're trying to some, – some fuddy-duddies want to scrap the music as well, including I, Jay-Z. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's role play this. Okay. You're, so, all right. You're Bruce McAvaney <laughs> yeah, okay. or whoever so, you want to be. Right, so right, Joey right. kicks a goal and then I want a bit of Bon okay. Jovi, so, Leroy. Tap down to Montana out of the middle. Clever step around Selwood. Takes a bounce. <laughs> he can have a shot for goal here from 50. Montana kicks a goal. That would be so. Gee, you'd feel good about yourself going back to the centre after you kick the goal, play the music. I reckon yeah, if the I think... MCC are listening right now, they're going, you know what? You guys are right. You keep we'll, it. We'll, we'll keep it. Some people in the MCC. Oh, right. that it's been a good addition, but I get it. Anyway. I don't think. What did you go? You went with the Spice Girls, so yeah, I thought yeah, well, okay, something so really corny and poppy. Kath from the from the pocket snaps it over a left shoulder through the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, we really need that. Um, let's talk about two players who are under injury clouds leading into Saturday's grand final. Yep. Max Holmes for Geelong, Sam Reid for the Sydney Swans. Max Holmes, he was jogging around yesterday at their open training session. What's the latest with him? Always a massive story, isn't it, Kath? The drama surrounding the injured uh, players. We've had it before with Hawthorne, Surioli and Steve Johnson, just two, of course, as they try and race the clock to get ready to play. And you're right, Max Holmes, he's the youngster, provides that super run on the wing. It's an ageing midfield brigade for the Cats, but he does provide a lot of that energy on the wing. So he hurt his hamstring, we know, at the weekend. But while initially he looked shattered and it didn't look great, um, the Cats are optimistic that he will play. So he faces a massive fitness test at training tomorrow, Joey, to see if he can get in. Of course, Sam Menegola, Mark O'Connor, Brendan Parfitt waiting in the ring. So they do have the midfield depth. It'll be all eyes, cameras on Max Holmes tomorrow. And also Sam Reid at Sydney got a, a groin strain. Again, I think he faces a fitness test at training today. So he'll try and get up for the Swans. What about the Bombers coaching situation? Yep. What's the latest there? Are we starting to get a feel for who are the real contenders? The intrigue surrounds Brendan. Brad Scott, and I must admit there is starting to be a little bit of momentum build for the, for the former North Melbourne coach. So I spoke to him at a function uh, on Friday, and he didn't shut the door. So he said, are you interested? Does that does that fire still burn? And he says it'll be an, an itch I'll always want to scratch. So you just wonder whether he's having conversations at the moment, talking to other potential assistant coaches who might um, uh, join him. So you want to have your, your team. You'll be getting a feel for the board situation. So it's definitely something Brad Scott is thinking about. He's got option A. Does he continue on his career at the AFL? Uh, he's doing a good job there as operations manager. Or does he get back into coaching? And I would have thought... 
that Brad Scott always punched above his weight, or his North Melbourne team for those 10 seasons punched above their weight. They didn't have the access to the top picks, played two preliminary finals. And I think for a club that is screaming out for some strength, leadership, some direction, I think Brad Scott wouldn't be a bad call. Do you think some of the, the controversy that's gone on in regards to the, the AFL operations, in regards to some of the rules, so the ducking rule, the, the tribunal situation, we haven't heard a lot from Brad Scott this year, and he was a bit under the pump yep. early in the season. Do you think maybe he thought it was a cushy role, maybe sitting there going, gee, it's a, tough, <laughs> it's a tougher role than I thought, this, this role at the AFL, and maybe coaching, he wants to get back to his real passion? No, I think both. I mean, it's a demanding job. I mean, Steve Hocking yeah. did it for four years. So, um, look, he had the, he um, helped with the dissent rule, I think, which sort of... Well, that was, was the some, other issue. The dissent rule caused a lot of controversy. Yeah, polarising uh, views. So, look, he's got a he's a, he's a career coach. Um, he spent a long time in football. I think it's something he's genuinely weighing up. And I think, I feel like the game is going as well as it ever has, Joe. Are you liking the game at the moment? Like, I feel like there's more scoring, there's more space. I feel like the stand rule and the 666 have both been big ticks in their work. Which Absolutely, was Steve but they're Hawking. All, they're all Steve Hawking's yep. influence, yeah. Yep. So yeah. I think it's going well. Also, just finishing up, Tasmania team, they had the big meeting yesterday with the presidents. Uh, obviously, their strong support. I think this will get up. 2027, conditional on a, on a new stadium. Uh, Macquarie Point is probably the most likely um, uh, site for that. So I think they just need a name. And uh, that Tasmanian team will get ticked off. There's some good talks there on talent and acquisition, how we they're going to get name. the picks and players. You, you didn't like the devils. You Tassie think the devils. devils and demons you can't have. So have you got a, have you got a name? Have you uh, thought of anything? Well, we need to, maybe by the end of the week, we, can, we might need some help with this. Almost yeah. certain, um, then you think, 2027. 20, <laughs> yeah, I'll be surprised. Team it, yeah, I think what Gil wants, uh, he gets. And also uh, ticked off is the assistance package to North Melbourne, of course. They got Alistair Clarks and they'll get two draft picks for next year. So future picks have to trade for ready-made talent. And this year, that could be a Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker from Fremantle, been to talk about uh, Brad Hill. So um, some assistance to the Kangaroos to help, you know, Fuel Clarko's march up the ladder with this young team. Just on that Essendon coaching role story and James Heard applying, what would you guys say was the overall reaction to the story? Because I don't know about you, but every lunch and function I've gone to since, there's always been an Essendon supporter. Ask the panel, ask the expert at the lunch, what do you think of James Heard yeah. applying for the Essendon coaching role? What do you think has been the overall reaction, think, for or against? I think when you've got Joe Watson, when you've got Tim Watson, and then you've got Zach Merritt at a function a week ago, say, you know, it's a backward step or he's not the right man. No disrespect to James, but I feel like this football club needs to move on from that. That's the issue for me is there are sections of the Essendon faithful, whether it's the coteries, the club supporters that would love James, who'd like, absolutely love him. And then you get others that think, no, it's not the right thing. So for me, that still creates a bit of this a divide. Uh, a divide that yeah, they're trying to get rid of and they want a, a strong connection. So that's why for me, it still seems more unlikely than likely, I would think. Particularly, that's not even taken into consideration. He hasn't been in the system really for seven or eight years after just doing a part time role at the Giants. Fascinating story. A massive game on Saturday. The big AFL grand final, of course. And the Cats are more, you know, older team, a bit more inexperienced in Sydney. How did you go, Joey, on grand final day? Can you get up? Were you sort of relaxed? Were you able to eat your breakfast as per normal, or did you feel sick in the guts? Yeah, fair to say, breakfast didn't go down too well on grand final morning. Yep. I wasn't one that ever got too nervous. I was pretty good on uh, in general on game day, but I remember living with Justin Kaczynski at the time and. Woke up grand final morning, pretty excited, and then you start to have breakfast and just struggled to go down. I looked at Cosy and said, how's your breakfast going? And he said, no, nah, not well. <laughs> and you just start to get the tension and the nerves in the in the stomach. And uh, 
it's obviously it is different. And then driving into the ground, they'll get there in the morning and they'll feel the you'll feel the tension and the anticipation and everything's going on logistically. So you've got to be able to focus in on the footy because there's a lot happening, different routine, things like that. So it's going to be a big week, particularly for the youngsters. So the Sydney Swans youngsters who Jared McVeigh said earlier aren't used to playing necessarily in front of massive mm. crowds and the, and the big stage are, are going to have to make sure they control their nerves. What's the most nerve wracking part or thought? Is it win- losing it or playing poorly? Like, is it what's Just the, the stakes? What's the th- uh, no, it's it's uh, it's a good question. You, I suppose the nerves is the outcome. You, you're getting you, you worry about the. It's it's amazing grand final day because it literally is either the as a footballer the best day of your life or the worst day. Mm. So going in waking up in the morning. You're thinking about it 5.30 or 6 o'clock that night. It's going either to going like? to be the best day of your footy life or the worst day. It's quite bizarre, and it comes down to how you perform and some, sometimes some luck. So if you were a bit anxious, how is Captain Serious Nick Rewalt going on grand final day? He would have been dry, <laughs> He used to dry reach at the best of times. We've got a jam-packed show tomorrow as well. We Guess galore. Mm-hmm. Harry Taylor, who you would have played against in, yep. in your time and in those uh, 09, 10 years. Jude Bolton, of course, Sydney Swans royalty. Legend. He's going to join us. Triple M's own. Yes, and Triple M's own Nick Rewalt. He's going to come back on Wednesday. Joined us yesterday. See hopefully what he delivers tomorrow. Bring some funny stories tomorrow, hopefully, Rui. <laughs> some bags. <laughs> hey, time for Give Me a Spell. What have you got? The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. They give me a spell that we still have to wear masks on public transport. Yep. Surely we're past all that. You no longer need to wear them on flights. The other states have scrapped them, and we still have to wear masks technically on public transport. When was the last time you caught public transport? Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. But then I didn't realise, and I just got told you still do. Give me a spell. Surely we can scrap the mask yeah, man- they've, mandate. They've scrapped them on planes. That's right. So Thank it goodness. can be optional, absolutely. Everyone's entitled if they want to, but we don't need any more mandates. Scrap that. Come on, give me a spell. Yeah. If you're just tuning in for the first time, Joey doesn't catch the public transport. Yes, I do. He doesn't venture outside yeah. of South Yarra. Or, uh, He's trying to act rack- like a man of the people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> scrap masks on Never. public transport? <laughs> last time we, we asked, um, you know, what's your favourite country? Pub. He said, what's a country pub? <laughs> Stop putting mayo on these stories. Sort of a botanical only, man. Hey, uh, give me a spell. And uh, I'm sure we've all been in this uh, situation, but when you catch Ubers, like when, when the driver is having one of those really loud conversations on the phone and, you know, just sort of trying to take over, I'd rather listen to music or have a phone call myself. Sometimes like a, a subtle, quiet conversation maybe, or they're driving a real loud conversation, um, I'm, I'm not all for. So give me a spell, loud driver's having their phone conversations. What are you laughing at, Joe? No, I like it. I like it. Do you agree? Yes, I do. Yes. And do you catch Ubers as well? Yeah, I do catch really? Ubers, and then you can catch the – there's one where it's you can request to have no talking. Uber. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. thought there's an option for you. <laughs> I might give me a spell which um, is quite uh, – all, all the women would agree with me on this. Never tell a woman that she looks tired. Just uh, don't go there. You no. got that feedback Polite today, way. Yeah. Polite <laughs> way of saying you look like – Yeah. Is that you know been, what I mean. Has that been the Yeah, general... I've got a bit of feedback saying I look tired this morning. It <laughs> <laughs> hasn't got to me at all, has it? You great. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Day. Normally we look at some of our sports stars that are doing great things around the world and conquering, conquering Everest, but we're just going to go a bit closer to home today because I just saw this in the paper today, Kath, a little Dead Set Legend of the Day. Okay. Young little Patrick Shell, nine-year-old, playing golf with his dad. Northcote Golf Club, where actually I used to go and play as a kid with my grandpa, so nice memories at Northcote Golf Club. But playing a little par three, let's just take a listen first. Get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. (laughs) 
Hole in one wow. for the nine year old at the Northgate Golf Club. It sounded so. like a murder. That's what I think at one stage that he was getting chased by something, but it was a hole in one. I know the feeling too. It's a pretty good feeling, pretty special. It actually is true. I actually had a shot of adrenaline run through the body when yeah. you, you got a hole in one. It's a pretty cool moment. So I had to be nine years old. What was That's his pretty name special. Again? Uh, young Patrick Shell. Well yeah. done, Patrick Shell. You've got a photo of your holding one up on the um, uh, house wall with all the rest of your footy memory belly dress stuff. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. I've just got it. I did play. There's proof there, and there's proof for this boy. You need proof because I've got a mate who claims he had a holding one. He was playing by himself. So that, doesn't, that does not count. Simesy, you're listening. <laughs> Big show tomorrow. Harry Taylor, Drew Bolton, and Nick Rewell going to join us. This has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey Chan Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another day. The Chemist Warehouse Half Price Sale on now. Get big brand vitamins and cosmetics for half price. T's and C's apply. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Joey, Jay and Kath will be back tomorrow with more of Triple M's Dead Set Legends Grand Final Week Edition. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always my little one. (laughs) 